Let's pray before we come to the word of the Lord. And let's commit the rest of the meeting in his hands and ask for his blessing upon his word. Lord, we just come again, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your tabernacle. We thank you, Lord, for your people. And we thank you, Lord, for the precious shed blood that flowed from your riven side. And we just commit this meeting into your hands, Lord. Lord, have your way, Lord, among your people, Lord. This is your word, Lord. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you will be glorified. Pray, Lord, that you are now the center, Lord, of everyone's gaze. That you are high and lifted up. We pray, Lord, that you will come, Lord, and minister, Lord, to your people, Lord. To save souls, Lord. Backsliders will be restored, Lord, and your people will be built up. Built up on their faith, Lord. We pray, Lord, for your glory. And in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Um, the Apostle Paul is writing an epistle to the Hebrews or a letter. And he, we're going to look at chastening. He speaks to the, to the Hebrews about chastening. And then he moves on from chastening to spiritually speaking. Spiritually speaking, weak hands, feeble knees, and a lame foot or a lame walk, spiritually speaking. And he comes in chapter 12 of Hebrews, and in verse 11 of the chapter, Paul says this, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the, peace, the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And in the same chapter in verse 7 and verse 8, it speaks of chastening again. And it says, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? So Paul is saying there, we, we all have children, I have children. And if they do something wrong, you'll pull them on it, won't you? You won't let it go. And you'll, you'll chastise them, you'll chasten them to bring them back into line again. And this is what the verse is saying. And the next verse in verse 8, it says this, But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers. All of God's people will partake at some point of chastening and chastisement. Why? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. And I'm using the word bastard in the proper context. I'm using it in the proper context. The word bastard means illegitimate. Are you not a true son? 
or you're not a true daughter of the living God. And Paul is saying to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. If you're here this morning and you're a son or a daughter of the living God, and you're being chastened of God and chastised of God, I would rejoice. I would rejoice. Why would you rejoice, Glenn? Because it's not very nice. It might not be nice. But you know that you're a son and a daughter of the living God. That's what Paul is saying to the Hebrews. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? You wouldn't let your children do things that you don't like and it's not right. You would stop it and you would chasten them and you chastise them. Because you're the father, you're the mother. And this is what Paul is saying to the Hebrews. But if ye be without chastisement, we're of all our protectors, then are ye bastards and not sons. You have a heavenly father. And Paul is saying to the Hebrews, he will chastise you. He will chasten you. Because he is your heavenly father. Therefore, you're not illegitimate. Therefore, you are a son and a daughter of the living God. And he's saying to rejoice in it. Chastening means to make someone understand. To make someone understand that they have failed. That's what it's for. That's what it means. Or done something wrong and make them want to improve. The chastening Paul is saying to the Hebrews of the Father to them, you have to understand that you've done something wrong. You need pulled back in the line. And it's for your own good. It's for your own good. It's for you to improve. And it says in the verse, verse 11, nevertheless, nevertheless means or in spite of that, however, or yet, now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. It doesn't seem to be joyous at the time. It seems to be grievous. Nevertheless, however, however, after the chastening, after the chastening, in the verse it says, nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth. Nevertheless, or in spite of the chastening, it yieldeth. What does it yield? The peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. The peaceable fruit of righteousness. Nevertheless, nevertheless, he says, after the chastening, after the chastisement of your heavenly Father, nevertheless comes the yielding. Nevertheless comes the righteousness and the peaceable fruit. Nevertheless, in spite of the chastening, afterward comes the fruit. What does yieldeth mean? What's he speaking of? Give way to God. Paul is saying to the Hebrews, give way. Don't fight the chastening. Just accept it. It's not joyous. It's grievous. I can't stand it at times. I really struggle with it. 
Nevertheless, afterwards, when the chastening is over, it brings forth righteousness in your life, even more righteousness and even more fruit. You're being chastened, you're being chastised this morning of God. Rejoice in it. You're not a bastard. He's your heavenly father. You're a legitimate child of the living God. And nevertheless, yield, he says. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Nevertheless, yield. Yield to the chastisement of God in your life. To give way to the will of God. Just give way. You can't fight the will of God in your life. If God has a plan for you in your life, yield. Give way. Don't fight it. You'll exhaust yourself. It's exhausting. You can't fight God. You can't do it. Yield. Give way to the will of God in your life. Or to cultivate. Cultivate. What's he doing in your life when he's chastening you and chastising you? He's cultivating your soul. He's plowing the ground and he's sowing the seed. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. It's for your own good. Cultivate your life to bring forth a supply of fruit in your life for his glory. The pruning. The pruning of the branches. The farmer will come and will prune the branches from season to season. So the branches bring forth more fruit. The chastening of your heavenly father. Paul says to the Hebrews, it might not be joyous. It might seem grievous. Nevertheless, yield. Nevertheless, yield. No, no. No, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. But grievous, nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Are you being exercised this morning from the chastening of God? It seems grievous. You're sad. Yield. Give it over. Don't fight it. He's plowing the ground and he's sowing the seed and fruit will come forth. What kind of fruit will come forth? Holiness. Isaiah 35 and 8. Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35 and 8 says this. And on highway shall be there and away. A highway shall be there and away. And it shall be called the way of holiness. You see, your highway and your way has to be holiness because it's God's way. It's God's way. Your highway that you need to walk is a highway of holiness. 
and an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring. Wayfaring means that you're walking. You're walking your highway. But the highway that you are to walk, brother, and the highway that you are to walk, sister, is a highway of holiness, a highway of sacrifice under the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. You're to walk your highway, but you're to walk a holiness highway. And a highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. There'll be no fools. You're to walk your highway of holiness because he is holy. You're to wafer, you're to walk your highway of holiness. The lifestyle of one separating himself or herself from sin and dedicating himself to the Lord. That's what that verse means. Pictured as a road home from exile. You're on the road home from exile. The Lord did that when he saved your soul. And by the way, you wanted nothing to do with him and neither did I. He found you. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus wasn't lost. You were the one who was lost and so was I. The lifestyle of one separating himself or herself. You're to separate yourself, Paul says to the Hebrews. Separate yourself from sin and dedicate your life to God. And walk the holy highway. Dedicate yourself to God and walk the holy highway. That's what he says to the Hebrews. What words? What a challenge. What a challenge from Paul to the Hebrews. Isaiah 35 and 10. I just flipped it over there and get back to it. Isaiah 35 and the verse 10. says this and the ransomed or the redeemed and the ransomed or the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sang shall flee away God's people are on the road to holiness. You're to walk the road of holiness. You're to walk the road of Zion. God's people should be on the march. On the march to Zion. And it says in the verse, and sorrow and sang shall flee away. Walk the road of holiness. Do away with sin and dedicate yourself unto God. 
and marched to Zion. That's what that means. That's what it's saying. The road to Zion. God's holiness in Exodus 15 and 11. Exodus 15 and 11 says this. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods, small g? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness? He's glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders. That's our God. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods, who is like thee, glorious in holiness. He's glorious and he's holy. Fearful in praise, doing wonders. And he calls his people to be holy. He calls his people to dedicate their lives. Walk the holy highway. Away with sin. And commit yourself unto God. And march to Zion. That's what Paul is saying to the Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 12. Spiritual fruit. John 15 and 2. John chapter 15. And verse 2 says this. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit. He purgeth it. You're being purged. And Paul says to the Hebrews, it's grievous and it seems not joyous. But you're being chastened and you're being purged. You're being wrung out. That's what he's saying. He's wringing you out. And when you're in the ringer, it's not joyous. When you're in the ringer, it's grievous. Nevertheless, Yield to the will of God. Nevertheless, however, after the chastisement, yield to the will of God. And it brings forth the spiritual fruit. It brings forth the spiritual fruit. And you can be used more in his work for his glory. you in the ringer this morning? Are you being wrung out? Is the Lord pointing out things to you in your life? Has to go, has to go, has to go. He has to go, she has to go. That has to go. Oh, Lord, stop. Stop it. I can't take it anymore. Purging. Purged. Challenged. However, nevertheless, you're not a bastard. You're a legitimate child of God. Oh, Lord, stop it. Oh. Oh. Nevertheless, yield. Be holy, for I am holy. Walk the holy highway. Nevertheless, yield. Yield to the will of God in your life. Don't fight. God, 
and not end well. Yield. Whatever you want, Lord, whatever it is, yield to the will of God. Spiritual fruit, John 15 and 2, referring to painful process of divine discipline. You're being divinely disciplined. You remember school and discipline from your teacher. You were disciplined of your mother and your father. This is different. This discipline is divine discipline. This discipline goes right to the soul. Because the Lord, your, your, the Lord looks on your soul and your soul is open before him. And he sees your soul. It's divine discipline. And it purges your life. And it rings you out. No hiding from God. Here or here. <laughs> I, I said that. Nobody nobody heard that. I, I, I thought that. God sees it and hears it all. There's no hiding place. No hiding place. Divine discipline of his children by which they grow in holiness, purges to rid whatever is in your life that God does not want to be there. Undesirable, and the purging brings purification. Suffering sonship, a son or daughter of God, discipline, faith, inheritance. They're the inheritance. Suffering. Suffer for my name's sake. Sonship. The chastisement of God on your life and the suffering. And it's grievous. But rejoice because you're saved. The discipline in your life for His glory. Continue to be faithful. And then receive your inheritance. That's the way it works. That's the way it goes. The chastisement and the chastening of God in your life. Would you remind me come in this morning? And you have weak hands. Your hands are weak. And your knees are feeble. And you have a lame foot, spiritually speaking. And you're here this morning and you're down. You're out. You're barely here and that's it. You've been told you're no good. Something's been said, something's been done. And you feel that you're on the scrap heap. You're finished. It's over for you. Just sit there and be quiet. That's not what God says. And Paul references this to the Hebrews. In verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 12. You're spiritually exhausted this morning. And you're wondering what it's all about. And you've had enough. And you just feel like walking out those doors and going, ah, that's it. 
dodge, forget it. Had enough. Can't cope. Watch what Paul says to the Hebrews. Verse 12. Hebrews 12, verse 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down. What's he mean? What's he saying? Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down. He's not talking about physical hands. He's talking spiritually here to them. Weak hands can't labor. When you have a weak spirit, you're saved and you're blood-bought, but your spirit's weak. You can't function and you can't labor. You're spiritually redundant. Is that how you feel this morning? You've walked through those doors and spiritually you're redundant. You, you can't function spiritually. You've gave up and you're discouraged and you're defeated. Is that you this morning? You've gave up. You're discouraged. And you're defeated. You're spiritually redundant. Your hands, talking of the hands. I, 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 can't, I can't even function. I, I, I'm done. I, I, I feel redundant. I've gave up. And the spiritual hands are like that. Not you this morning in this tabernacle. And the feeble knees. Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. What, what's Paul mean? The feeble knees. What's he talking about? And the feeble knees. A picture of being spiritually paralyzed and you can't move. Are you spiritually paralyzed? The hands are like this. Can't labor. The spirit's gone. It's just, just redundant. And the knees are feeble and you're, you, you, you're just, you feel paralyzed spiritually speaking. You feel paralyzed. Isaiah 35 and 3 says this. Strengthen ye the weak hands. Strengthen ye the weak hands. And confirm the feeble knees. Strengthen the weak hands. And confirm the feeble knees. Weak means slack. As slackness come into your spiritual walk with God, you've got slack. I'll take it or leave it. I'll do a lack. You've got slackness. Or feeble means to stagger. Do you know why you're staggering? Do you know why the feeble knees are staggering? Because you've got slack. You've allowed slackness to come into your spirit. I'll take it or leave it, sir. I do, rightly. I'll, I'll not go this Sunday. I couldn't care less. And I'll not be there Wednesday night. And I'll not read my Bible or pray all week. And you know what happens? The hands can't labor by the Spirit. And the knees start to shake like that. And you get slack. 
and the feeble knees start to wobble. That's how it goes. That's what he means. Is that you? You've walked in this morning and you've sat down, but you're like, I'll take it or I'll leave it. And you're slack and you're like that. You're starting to shake. You're starting to wobble. The feeble knees are going and the hands are down. Can't labor for the Lord. You're paralyzed and you're wobbling and you're wavering. That's what he means. The feeble knees, a picture of paralyzed and you can't move. Weak or slack, feeble or staggering. But it says in the verse to confirm. Confirm the feeble knees, it says. Confirm them. What does he mean? Strengthen or make them firm. Find courage and strength and hope. Find courage. Find strength. And find hope. In Proverbs chapter 4. I'm just going to read a few verses. Proverbs chapter 4, 25, 26 and 27. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyes look right on. Are you staggering this morning? Your knees are going and your hands are down and you're spiritually beat. It says in Proverbs, let thine eyes look right on. That's what it means. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Look right on. It means to look straight. Keep your thoughts and your affections focused on God and his wisdom and his will. You're staggering and the knees are going and their hands are down. You need to look right on. Right on the Son of God. Eyelids open. Focused on Christ. That's how you get back on track. Don't focus on me. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the one who saved your soul. This is his word. This is God speaking to you this morning. I'm just the messenger. Focus on Jesus. Established in verse 26. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. What, is this, what does this word mean? Listen carefully. Entrance your feet. Establish your feet. Fix your feet. Ingrain your feet. Root your feet. And secure your feet. Look right on and walk the highway of holiness. Can you see it? How do I strengthen the knees, the feeble knees? How do, how do I get the hands back into the labor of the work of the Lord? This is how. You focus on him. You walk the holy highway. And your eyes are wide open and you're fixed on Jesus. That's how you'll strengthen your spirit again. That's how you'll revive the spirit again and stoke, stoke the embers. Have you wee embers in your soul, in your, in your soul this morning? 
and they're like just wee embers. They're, they're fizzling out. You stoke the embers and feed those embers and you'll go on fire for Christ again. On fire for King Jesus and get back into the battle. Stoke the embers this morning. Strengthen the feeble knees this morning. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Walk a straight path focused forward on Christ. In verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 12. And make straight paths for your feet. And make straight paths for your feet. Why, why such an emphasis on a straight path? You're walking a straight path, your feet are straight, and you're straight, and, and you'll walk like that. That's how you'll walk. But whenever you go off the straight path, I want to get to there, and I, I'll still get to there, but I'll, I want to walk like this. I'll do my own thing. And if I want to walk to the end of that, that pulpit there, that stage, I, I, I can still get to that, but I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to walk this way. I'll still, I'll still get there, but, but I'll, do, I'll do, do it my way. And what happens? The foot goes lame without a joint. And you, you use what more energy to I'll still get to the end of the stage, but I'm going to do it my way. I'll not do it God's way. I'll do it my way. Look at that. And, I, and, I, and I'm a great fan, and I've got there. Look. But you see, through time, you keep walking like that, your foot goes out of joint. The foot goes out of joint. That's what he means. And it takes more energy to get there. And, and, and you'll not get there on time like the Lord wants you to be there. And that's what verse 13 means of chapter 12. And make straight paths for your feet so that your foot doesn't go lame and it doesn't go out of joint. Walk the straight path of holiness, eyelids wide open, focused on God. And then the feet will be straight and you're focused. You go like this, your own path, your foot goes lame, it goes off and it goes out of joint. That's what Paul said to the Hebrews. In verse 13, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. You're walking your own path. Instead of your feet being straight, they're going like this. And you've lame feet. So now you have weak hands. Spiritually speaking, you can't labor. Your knees are your knees are feeble and you're walking like this you in here this morning and you're spiritually walking like that do you know why you're walking like that because you've went your own way your own way You like out this morning in this tabernacle. Is that you, spiritually speaking, and your beat? Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, 
turn back onto the straight path or that which is lame will be turned out of the way. Out of the way means completely out of joint. Turn back to God and back to His ways unless it gets completely out of control and your foot's not just lame, it's completely out of joint. That's what it means. And you've walked your own path and you're spiritually lame. Gone off the straight path, went your own way. Something happened. Has something happened? Let's get down to it now. Has something happened in your life that's made you go off course? Has something been said to you that has made you go off course? You feel done and you think that you're on the scrap heap and you have been told and the finger has been pointed at you and you've been told that you're useless, you're no good and you're on the scrap heap and your knees are feeble because of it your, your foot is lame and you're walking a different, different direction than what the Lord wants you to walk. You've lost your way. You've lost your focus. You can't walk a straight path. The, feeble, the knees are feeble. The hands are down. Is that you this morning? Is that you? And you have been told that you're finished, you're on the scrap heap, and you're done. Well, I'm here this morning to tell you that that's not true. That's a lie from hell. And don't you believe it? How do you know? Paul says it in the last bit of verse 13. What does he say? And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Let it rather be healed. How? Isaiah 9 and 6. Let it rather be healed. How? I'm going to bring you to a verse that they always read at Christmas. But I'm not reading this because it's Christmas. I'm reading this because who you need. You need King Jesus. This is you this morning. You're spiritually defeated. You've been told that you're on the scrap heap and you're down and out. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Listen to the words. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. So how do I get back on the straight path? In that verse, in verse verse 6 of chapter 9, those same shoulders that carry you back into the fold, the shepherd of your soul, he goes out after you with the shepherd's crook and he grabs you 
And he pulls you in. And he says, he says, come on, Glenn. And the shepherd lifts the sheep. You know how the shepherd carries the sheep? In the shoulders. Come on. Get up. Those same shoulders I've just spoken about. The shepherd's crook round the neck carries the sheep back into the pen. There you go. That's how you get back. King Jesus. <laughs> King Jesus, is he lovely? Isn't Jesus wonderful? But let it rather be healed. It's okay, son. Away you go. Everybody else has put you down, and but not me. There you go, son. Back into the fold. You're going to be okay. Because you're washed in the blood. The chastening of God. The shepherd's crook pulls you back in. He carries you around his shoulders and puts you back into the straight path. Why the straight path? Why straight? I'll do, I'll do it my own way, Lord. Sure, sure, I'll still get there. Because when you're on the straight path and ingrained in it, it will strengthen your lame foot. You see, the lame foot that was out of the joint, when you keep on the straight path, when you, when you continually walk on the straight path of holiness, and come back into the will of God, that, that, that foot eventually will come back like that. And you'll do that. So there you are. Your foot's back. Your head's forward. Your eyelids are open and you're focused on God. Uh, and then, you know, you, you might take a wee while to get going, but you'll get going. And the foot will come back in. And you'll remember, get a wee while to get your strength back up, but you'll get your strength back up and then you'll walk a wee bit quicker. I see those hands that hung down, they'll start doing that. And then they'll start doing that. And then the hands will start doing that. And then you'll start doing that. Jesus, I love you, Lord. You're wonderful, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's what'll happen when you get back on the straight and narrow path. That's what'll happen. That's why it has to be straight. That's why it has to be narrow. A pathway of holiness. And eventually your lame foot will come back in. Your knees will be strengthened and hands will go up. And the embers that were just smoldering will go on fire again for Jesus. Because when you're on the straight path and ingrained in it, it will strengthen the limb and bring it back into the line so that you can walk straight. It'll strengthen the hands that hang down. It'll strengthen the feeble knees. And you won't be spiritually paralyzed anymore. That's what Paul is saying to the Hebrews. 
And then you start to walk again. And then you'll jog. And then you'll run. And the hands will go back up. Back into the fold. And then you'll be able to do what it says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run. Run, brother, and run, sister. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. See, that's what you're meant to do. Run your race. Glorify God. Run in holiness. Walk in holiness. And strengthen the hands which hang down. Strengthen the feeble knees and get the feet back in the joint. Stay on the straight path. Run your race. And glorify God. Glad I'm done. You're not. You're not done. And you're not finished. But you need to run your race. The question I always ask myself, challenge myself with, When you meet Jesus, and you will, you'll meet him. How will I meet Jesus? And I ask myself that all the time. How will you meet Jesus? How's it going to be? Will I be embarrassed? Will I be ashamed? When I'm lying on my deathbed, how, how will I be on my deathbed? Now, I know I'm saved. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about service. When I'm on my deathbed and I'm dying and I'm passing, if the Lord doesn't come back anytime soon, how will I be on my deathbed? Do you know how I want to be on my deathbed? Hands raised, ushered into his kingdom. That's how I want to be. But I, I can't be like that unless I serve him well. Be fervent in your service. Fervent. Do battle. Do warfare. I was sitting there taking the table. Something came into my head. Words came into my head. Get up and fight. Sitting there. Get up and fight. I will, Lord, but only through your strength. Only through your strength. Is that you this morning? Hebrews 12. You've been poo-hooed and rubbished by people. Maybe even a believer. Shame on them. 
Because Jesus puts you over his shoulders and he carries you and he puts you back in the pen and he goes, it's going to be all right. Don't worry. I'll strengthen you again. I'll revive those ambers and I'll put you in fire. Don't you worry about it. You're mine. He'll not lose one that he saved. Not one. You're under the blood, brother. You're under the blood, sister. But get back into the fight. I'm done. No, you're not. No, you're not. Jesus says you're far from done. Get back in the battle and glorify him who saved your soul and praise his wonderful name. Amen. God bless.